KMTT, welcome back for another week of KMTT. I think, I think this is our 12th week. I lost count a little bit, a little while ago. But I think this is our 12th week. And as we're getting closer to Pesach, we're going to start to change the programming a bit. In any event, uh, the the series which began three months ago, the one in Hilchot Bechot of Afkan and the one that I give on Jewish philosophy will be winding up. And we'll have new programming after Pesach. Uh, but already, this week of Khan we'll be giving in today's share, it's still on Hilchot Pachot, but it'll be Hilchot Pachot connected to the Seder. Taken from, not from a Sechet Brachot, the sixth parak, but taken from and based on the Gemara in the tenth parak of Psachim. And similarly, next week, a different topic having to do with Brachot and the Seder. Uh, I will still give, I'll be giving the last, the last installation of my series on Jewish philosophy in the Middle Ages. And next week, in its place, there'll be a Shir and Halacha of, uh, again, Shir and Halacha for Pesach. The, as I think about what we've done in the last 12 weeks, I have this sort of uh, revolutionary vision arising in me. Uh, 11 years ago, when we began the VBM, the Virtual Beit Midrash, I also felt that we were on the, on the edge of a revolution. Not because of the technology. The technology is not revolutionary, it's not really much. What do we do? We're just using email, but we're sending just we're sending words. We could have sent it by mail. But the revolution was that we were really enabling people, everybody, to learn. Because before that the picture of learning in, in, in Amisal was that if you went to a Yeshiva you could hear a Shiva on a really high level. But if you left Yeshiva or if you never went to Yeshiva, so you could learn a little bit on your own, maybe. If you had enough drive and enough uh, and enough uh, energy. Or you could go you could go to your local shul and maybe there'd be a shear on some level, perhaps, or perhaps not, or perhaps there was no shear. Or perhaps you just didn't have the, the ability to get out of the house. And today especially, people just find it difficult to leave their houses. They're busy. They have all sorts of obligations and, 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 and family and business. And, and, and people just, you know, if you weren't in a yeshiva, you weren't able to learn. And the vision of the VBM was a window into the Beit Midrash that we could send real Torah, really high-level Torah, to everybody in their house. And that's, that's something that's revolutionary, revolutionary on, on a Jewish historical level. There's never been that ability. There's never been that opportunity for Jews to get really involved in, in Torah, to learn Torah, to learn Torah Moshe, to learn Torah Hashem, since, I think, since they, they left the desert and entered Eretz Israel in the desert. They went to Moshe Rabbeinu and they heard a good shir, a really good shir, every single day. But since then, this, the opportunity has not been there. Now, I, I'm, I'm not that naive or innocent. I, I know that a lot of people a lot of people register from good intentions with the BBM, but not all of them are reading the shirim on a regular basis. Again, you, you want to, but other things come up. You need the time. You have to set aside the time and all kinds of other demands on that same hour. And you have to juggle, and you have to juggle those, those demands and those obligations. But now we have KMTT, and I think KMTT is the final answer to that to that problem. Today in the BBM, there are, thank God, twenty five thousand subscribers. It's a little disappointing. I uh, my my short range goal is to have half a million. A long range goal is something else. There'll be some more Jews, but I, mean, I think we should have half a million subscribers. But we have twenty five thousand. KMTT. There's nothing else demanding on your time. If you're in a car and you're driving, the only question is whether you should listen to KMTT or to AM radio, AM 
Pat-a-pat. I, I don't think that's a contest. I, I know people, once they hear about it, will choose to listen to a share in KMTT and not to the endless talk on the on their radio. So once again, I'm having this revolutionary this revolutionary dream. I can see in my eyes the Long Island Expressway, which I used to travel on when I was still living in New York. It's called the world's longest parking lot. And you have all these thousands of drivers cursing under their breath because they're stuck in a traffic jam. But then there are the KMTT subscribers. They're happy. They're hearing a great share. They're in no rush. On the contrary, if you get to the office too soon, you'll miss out on the halakha yomit. If the traffic jam is really, really bad, you can roll down the window, talk to the fellow next to you, have a little chavuta about what you're both listening to on the same KMTT, the same KMTT broadcast. So I think there is a real revolution going on here because Torah belongs to all of Amisa. Everybody should be learning Torah the way Hashem gave it to Amisa. And hopefully, we're doing our part to help that dream come about. This is all my introduction to asking you once again to spread the words to all your friends and neighbors, co-workers, the people you see jogging next to you in the park. Soon I hope there'll be a waterproof MP3 player. You can take it with you when you go swimming. But whenever your ears are free and the rest of you is busy, then the Torah, Torah Hashem, the Shurim of KMTT, should be the things that fill up that space next to your ears. Today's shir, as I said, will be by Rav Yayakan. It's a shir in Hilchot Brachot. Hilchot Brachot of Leda Seder. The shir, as I see already, is a little bit longer than usual. And therefore, there will not be a halacha yomit today. After discussing the din of Kiddush, which is the first of the Arba Kosos, the Mishnah in Ari Psachim, Kufya Dalit Amaralif 114a, discusses the halacha of Karpas. The Mishnah says as follows Heviu Lefanav, Metabel Bachazeret. One brings Yerakos in front of him, Yerakos which are needed in order to be yotz in the midst of Karpas, and then he's Metabel. But the example that the Mishnah brings is the Yerek of Chazeret. And it's very, very curious that the Mishnah specifically brought this example, because we know that Chazeret is something that can be used for Marur as well. The Mishnah on Lama Tesmer Aleph, 39a, says as follows, Ve'elu yirakos sha'adam yotzevem yidecha vaso pesach Be'chazeret, betamcha, be'chachavina. The first example is Chazeret. In other words, Chazeret is an example of Maror. And the question, obviously, is why did the Mishnah bring the case of Maror as an example of Karpas. Furthermore, the Mishnah on Kufiyat Dalim Alv continues and states as follows, Afterwards, when it discusses bringing the Matzah in front of him and the Maror and the Charoset and the Shnei Tavshilin, the example that's used for Maror is again Chazeret. In other words, Chazeret is used in this Mishnah twice. One, as the Yerek, which is used for Karpas, and also as the type of Maror which one will fulfill the Mitzvah of Maror with. And the question, obviously, the obvious question is, why did the Mishnah bring the example of Chazeret for Karpas as opposed to any other possible Yerek? The Gemara on Kufi Dalit on Beis 114b quotes Reshlakish, who says that from the way that the Mishnah formulated the Karpas, 
and use the example of Chazeret, we learn a very, very important halacha. From here, we can derive a very, very important din, that mitzvot tzfichot kavana. When one does the act of a mitzvah, it's not sufficient. If one doesn't have kavana, doesn't have intention, while he is doing that act, that he wants to fulfill the mitzvah, he's doing this act as an act of worship, of being a kayim, a mitzvah, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded, then he's not yotz to the mitzvah. And therefore, Veshlakish says, when he ate the karpas, he ate the chazeret not to be yotzei the mitzvah of maror. He didn't eat the maror, the chazeret, in order to fulfill the mitzvah with intention that he's doing it because this is what God commanded. But rather, he ate the chazeret in order to be yotzei the din of karpas, which is only a, a din midrabanan. He had no intention when he ate the maror to be yotze the mitzvah of maror, to fulfill the mitzvah of maror. And therefore he will not at that point fulfill the mitzvah of maror. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he commanded us to eat maror, he didn't just say, do an act of eating maror. At the time that one does that act, one also has to have intention that he is fulfilling a mitzvah when he does the act of eating the maror. And therefore, the Mishnah wants to tell us something, and it hints to us that you should realize that there's a halacha of mitzvah tzvichos kavana, and even if the chazeret was used for karpas, nevertheless, one will have to later on take chazeret again and eat it as maror in order to fulfill the mitzvah of maror. In the ensuing shakla the Gemara suggests that there's really no proof from the Mishnah that mitzvot tzvichos kavana. It's possible, the Gemara says, that mitzvot ain't tzvichos kavana. And when he ate the chazeret as karpas, he fulfilled his mitzvah of maror. The Gemara then asks, if so, why does he eat chazeret again later on? And the Gemara answers, ki hechet tinokos in order that there should be some kind of a hacker. I mean, why do we eat karpas in general? We eat karpas in order that there should be a hekel at Tinokos. One of the major themes that we have on Lela Seder is the mitzvah of Higartel Avincha Leymar, to tell over the story of Yitzhak and Shrine to, to the children. And in order to tell over the story, what one has to do is arouse the curiosity of the child. And therefore, there are many, many things that we do on Lela Seder which are odd, which seem curious, in order that the child should begin to ask questions. We ate maror at the time of Karpas. We eat maror again. Why are we eating maror again? We already ate maror. The child will begin to question. He'll be curious. He will begin to ask. And therefore, the Mishnah says, even in the situation where one has no other yerik, and one is forced to use the maror in order to be mekayim, the din of Karpas, Nevertheless, he should eat maror again even though he already fulfilled his mitzvah, because mitzvah slotzichos kavana, even though he already fulfilled the mitzvah maror, he should eat the maror once again. Why? Ki latinokus. So according to Reish Lakish, the reason that the example of chazered was used is in order to tell sahalacha that mitzvah kavana, that if one din did the action but had no intention, one is not Yotze the mitzvah. He did not fulfill the mitzvah. On the other hand, the other possibility is that the truth is that mitzvahs ain't tzrichos kavana. 
and when one ate chazeret, when one ate moro for karpas, he fulfilled his requirement, he fulfilled the mitzvah of moro. But nevertheless, the Mishnah gave that example in order to teach us that even if one ate moro for karpas and fulfilled his mitzvah, nevertheless he should eat moro again later on. Why? In other words, if he ate a different yerek originally for karpas, of course he should eat moro later on, he wasn't yotze his mitzvah moro. And the karpas that he ate was in order to arouse the curiosity of the child. But in a situation where initially he didn't eat a different yerek, but he ate maror, and he already fulfilled his mitzvah of maror, why? Because mitzvah slotzichos kavana, nevertheless he should eat maror again. Why? Ki heichet tinokos, and that is what the Mishnah teaches us. The Gemara concludes as follows. Pshita heichet ikashar yirakos, where you have other vegetables, then for karpas you use other vegetables. And on those other vegetables you make a bori piyadama. And later on, when you eat the maror, you make the bracha of alachilas maror, the birchos hamitzvah. However, if one has no other vegetable but chasa and chasa like chazeret, chasa is something which, is, which one can use for maror. My, what is the din then? Amr Avhuna, Avhuna said, Mevarech me'ikara amaror, bari priyadama va'achil. The bracha that you make on the chasa is bari priyadama. V'besof mevarech alei al-achilas maror va'achil. And later, when you eat the chasa for the second time, for maror, you will make the bracha al-achilas maror. In other words, apparently, Rav Huna holds, mitzvot tzrichos kavana, so initially, when you ate the chasa, when you ate the maror, you should only make a bari piyadama, because you will not be yotze the mitzvah of maror. Later on, when you eat the maror, then you should make the bracha of achilas maror, because only the second time that you eat the maror will you fulfill your mitzvah. So in other words, according to Rav Huna, the halacha is mitzvah strichos kavana, like the shita of Reish Lakish. Mitzvah strichos kavana. So when you, may, you eat the karpas, even though you're eating chasa for karpas, the only brach that you'll make is a bari priyadama, but you will not make an alachilas maror. Maskifla Rav Chista. Rav Chista asked the question on Rav Huna. La'acha shamile kresu After filling your stomach with maror, you're going to make the bracha alachilas maror? You've already eaten maror. Ela am Rav Chista, me'ikarim avarech alei bari piyadama ve'al achilas maror. Ve'achil, l'b'sof achil achilas chasa below bracha. According to Rav Chista, when you eat the maror for karpas, you should make it both the bari piyadama as well as the bracha al achilas maror. Later on, when you eat the chasa the second time, you don't make any bracha at all. The simple way of understanding Rav Chista is that Rav Chista argues on Rav Huna, and Rav Chista says, Mitzos lo tzichos kavana. And therefore, since when you ate the Mara for Karpas, you were, you were makayim the mitzvah, you fulfilled the mitzvah of Mara, therefore you should make the bracha bari pradama and ach, achilas Mara as well. Later on, when you'll eat the maror, you won't be makayim any mitzvah, and therefore later on you eat the maror without any bracha, because the only reason that you're eating the maror later on is, for, is in order that there should be hekera latinokos. That's the simple way of understanding the shita of Rav Chista. However, Tosfos does not understand Rav Chista in this way. According to Tosfos, if Rav Chista would hold 
that mitzvos lotzvichos kavana, and you are yotze, you fulfilled the mitzvah of maror initially when you ate the maror, then Rav Chista shouldn't have said, la'acha shemilei kreisomenu, after having filled your stomach with maror, you're going to make the bracha later on. He should have said, if you're already makayin the mitzvah, later on, the bracha that you make is a bracha levatala. He shouldn't be saying, he shouldn't be making an argument, you've already filled your stomach, and therefore, and therefore it just seems odd that you should be making the bracha later on. He should say something much stronger. He said, you're already yotzei the mitzvah. Later on, when you eat maror, you're not yotzei anything. And therefore, if you make the birchos hamitzvah later on, you made a bracha levatala. And therefore, Tosas is machadish that Rav Chista agrees with Rav Huna that mitzvah tzrichos kavana. And when you eat the maror for karpas, you do not fulfill the mitzvah, your, your requirement of, the, of eating of, of eating maror. You do not fulfill the mitzvah. When will you fulfill the mitzvah? Later on when you eat the maror. Nevertheless, the bracha should be made before you eat the maror the first time. When you eat maror for karpas, that's when you should make the bracha of achilas maror, and that bracha will be will relate to the maror that you eat later on, the maror with which you will fulfill your mitzvah, you will fulfill your requirement of achilas maror. At first glance, Tosus's interpretation seems absurd. Why should you make the bracha of achilas maror? When you eat the maror as karpas, if you're not fulfilling the mitzvah of maror whatsoever, shouldn't the bracha be made when you fulfill the mitzvah? Isn't Tosa saying something which, which seems ridiculous? When does one make a birchas mitzvah? When one does some kind of a mechanical act which has no halachic significance? Or should he make the bracha when one fulfills the mitzvah, when one is makayim the mitzvah? The shita of Rav Huna seems to make much more sense. However, not only is the opinion of al according to Tosos a difficult opinion, opinion to understand, but the Gemara concludes, Hilchasa The halacha is in accordance with the Shita of Rav Chista. In other words, according to Tosos, one should make the bracha before eating maror as karpas, even though one will not fulfill the mitzvah. And that bracha that he makes will somehow relate to the eating of the maror that he does later on. Tosos is aware that what he said is difficult, and therefore he tries to bring other examples where we find something similar. One example that Tosos brings is the case of shofar. When we make the bracha on shofar, we make the bracha before what's known as tkios dimiyushav. Tkios dimiyushav is the blowing of the shofar that one makes before beginning the Shmona Esri, the tefillah of Musaf. That's called tkios dimiyushav. That's when we, we blow a full 30 kolos, you know, straight kolos, uh, to get, go through the entire set and possibilities of the mitzvah of shofar. Later on, we have what's known as tkios de me'umad, which are tkios al seder ha'brachos, where you have 10 kolos on, on each one of the brachos of malchios, sechronos, and shofros. We, bl- we blow 10 kolos each time, which adds up to, to 30 kolos. So you have the tkios de me'yushav, and then you have tkios de me'umar. According to Tosfos, the main kiyom of the mitzvah of shofar is, is the tkios de me'umar. When we have the tkios al seder habrachos, when we blow the shofar in the middle of tefilas musaf. That's the main kiyom of shofar. Nevertheless, when do we make the bracha of shofar? We make the bracha of shofar before the tkios de me'yushav. And that bracha that we make before the tkios de me'yushav somehow will relate 
to the kium, the full kium, the better kium that we have when blowing the shofar later on during the Shemona Esrei al Seder HaBrachos. So in other words, Tosa says we have another example where you make the bracha before, way, way before, you make the bracha when you bl- before blowing the shofar of Tkiyas Tam Yushav, and after you finish Shmona Esrei, and then you have Chazal Sashat, at least according to, to Ashkenazim, and then you start blowing shofar during Chazal Sashat, that Tkiyas HaShofar that you have later on will relate to the bracha that you made previously. In other words, the bracha that you made previously is Chal, relates to the Tkiyas Tam that you had later on. And of course, we know that there's a halacha. The halacha is that Pechos HaMitzah have to be recited over the Asiyasin immediately prior to, the, to doing the mitzvah. Apparently, what Tosas thinks is that as long as one begins or does a Maisa mitzvah immediately following the bracha, the continuation or completion of the mitzvah can come way later on. And nevertheless, the bracha that he made initially will relate to that later act. But if one made a bracha and then didn't do anything, that bracha would not be over the asiyasan and that would not be good. So according to Tosos, in order to make a bracha over the asiyasan, one has to make a bracha and then immediately do blow, in the case of shofar, blow tkios to miyushav. Since he blew the shofar immediately, therefore the bracha was chal, the bracha was nitvas, and that bracha will also relate to the Tkios de Ma'uma that he does later on, which is the fuller and more complete Kiyum of the Mitzvah of Shofar. In a parenthetical uh, remark, I'll just mention that the question of whether the Tkios Ma'uma are the, the Kiyum in Shofar, like Tosos claims, or not, is a subject of a machlokus among the Rishonim. According to Ramban, the Tkios de Ma'uma are not a Kiyum in Shofar, but rather a Kiyum in Tefillah. In other words, the shofar, the mitzvah of shofar, one completed totally during the tkios de miyushav, and therefore the bracha of tkios shofar does not relate to the tkios de Mu'umad whatsoever. Later on, when one blows the tkios de Mu'umad, that's in order to enhance the tefillah. But the mitzvah of shofar has totally been completed. Nevertheless, according to the, according to Tosos and according to many other rishonim as well, tkios de Mu'umad are a completion of the mitzvah of shofar, and therefore the bracha that one made before the tkios Yushav relates to the complete perfection and completion of the mitzvah at the time of tkios the meumad al seder habrachos. Tosfos and Psachim on Kuf Chafa Amir Aleph, 120a, brings a number of different examples where this idea can be applied. There's a machokis among the Shonim, which eating of the matzah is the main eating of the matzah. We eat matzah right away as part of motzi matzah, and at that point we make a berchas motzi, and then we eat another kazayis, and on that second kazayis we make, we, we make the bracha al-achilas matzah. Of course we make brachas together, but we, we have two different pieces of matzah which we make the two different brachas on. That's called motzi matzah, and that's when we make the bracha al-achilas matzah. According to many we showed him, the mitzvah of Achilas Matzah is being performed and fulfilled immediately when one eats that, that matzah. However, the Rashbam and Rashi on Kuf Yutesma Beis, Kuf Chafom Aleph, say that the main kiyum of Achilas Matzah is not the matzah that one eats initially, 
But rather, it's the masa that one eats at the end of the Suda, which is what we call afikomet. We eat a kazais of matzah at the end of Suda, the matzah which is al hasova, and that's the afikomen. Nowadays, what we have no common pesach, that is what is the afikomen. According to Rashi and the Rashbam, it's only later on at the end of the meal when you eat the afikomen that you have the complete and fuller kium of achilas matzah. Nevertheless, Rashi and the Rashbam asked, how is it possible to suggest? That the eating of the afikomen, the matzah ala sova, is the is the is the kiyum, the fulfillment of the mitzvah of matzah. The bracha that we make ala chilas matzah is made initially. So therefore, what they say is they like Rav Chista la'acha shamila menu. You're going to make the bracha ala chilas matzah later on by eating the afikomen after having already eaten matzah. You've already eaten a kazais of matzah, two kazais of matzah. All of a sudden, you're going to wake up and make the bracha al achilas matzah later on. And therefore, according to Rashi and Rashbam, even though one makes the bracha al achilas matzah initially when one first eats from the matzah, nevertheless, the, com- the full com- completion of the mitzvah, the, the fuller kiyum of the mitzvah, is when one eats the matzah al asova, when one eats the afikomen. And the bracha al achilas matzah that one made initially will relate to the eating of the matzah that one does later on. And again, we have an overlasiyasan. When one made the bracha v'achilas matzah, he ate matzah in, immediately. Nevertheless, the bracha that he made can relate to a later event when one eats the matzah at the time of the afikomen. Tosfot on Kufcha from Ralif bring another example of, of this idea. And again, from within Lela Seder. However, this example is from the time of the Beis HaMikdash. Toso says as follows, V'chein tzarech lomar lehillel, shahaya korech matzah u'pesach, besof ha-seuda, v'hacha ha-ve achil matzah d'oraisa, imkein b'tchila seuda ha-yamavarech ala matzah, v'ochel d'mo'eletz ota bracha, l'birchat matzah im ha-pesach she-besof. What Toso says is as follows, according to Hillel, we know that according to Hillel, Hillel would be korech, pesach, umatzu, umara, or matzu, umara together, and he would eat them together at the time of the Beis HaMikdash. And therefore we say, Zech, lemikdash, kehillel, kenasa, hillel, bazman, she Beis HaMikdash, hayakayim, hayakorech, etc. He would eat the matzah and the maror, or the pesach, matzah, and maror uh, together. So the question that Tosus raises is, when will he make the bracha ala chilas matzah? Or according to Hillel, he'll make the bracha al achilas matzah at the beginning of the suuda, right after he finishes magid. At the beginning of the suuda, he'll make the bracha motzi matzah. Later on, at the time of the afikomen, he will be eating from the korban pesach, and that's when he will also be eating the matzah of Hillel. When Hillel would be korech, at that point he would be korech the matzah together with the korban pesach. Now, according to Tosfos, apparently at the point in which you eat the matzah together with the Koran Pesach, that is the main kiyum of Achilas Matzah. Let me, let me explain myself. There are basically two different mitzvahs of eating matzah on Leila Seder. Nowadays, that we have no Koran Pesach, nevertheless, there's an independent chiyum of eating matzah, which is learned out from a pasuk Be'er of Tochlu Matzos. And that chiyum of eating matzah is not dependent on the Koran Pesach. When we have a Koran Pesach, when we don't have a Koran Pesach, we have to eat matzah. But there's another halacha of eating matzah, which is dependent on the Koran Pesach. It says, Al matzos om yochluhu. You should eat the Koran Pesach together with matzah and with moror. 
And when we don't have the Karim Pesach, the second mitzvah of eating Karim Pesach together with Matzah Umarah doesn't exist. Therefore, by the way, in our days, the mitzvah of eating Maror is only the Rabbanan. Because there is no separate mitzvah of eating Maror independent of the Karim Pesach. The Chiyuv to eat Maror is only based on Al Matos Umrom Yochluhu. And therefore, when there's a Karim Pesach, then one has a Chiyuv to eat Matzah and Maror together with the Karim Pesach. However, when there is no Karim Pesach, there is no independent Chiyuv to eat Maror came along the Chachamim and said, Midrabanan, you should nevertheless eat Maror. And therefore we eat Matzah, we eat Maror, even though we have no Korban Pesach. Matzah, we, we eat Minatora Midoraisa, because there's a separate Mitzah of Be'erib Tochu Matzos, while Maror we eat Midrabanan, because there is no Mitzah Midoraisa nowadays to eat, to eat Maror. At the time that the Beis HaMikdash existed, so there was only one mitzvah of Moror, to eat Moror together with the Koran Pesach. And according to many Rishonim, it's not even counted as an independent mitzvah. But rather the mitzvah is to eat the Koran Pesach together with Matzah and Moror. That's one kiyum of eating Moror and Matzah and Doraisha. There's one kiyum of eating Matzah together with the Koran Pesach. While there's a second mitzvah of Matzah independent of the Koran Pesach, Be'erev Tochlu Matzos. Now when Tosu says that according to Hillel, the bracha that you made al matzah initially relates also to the act that you'll be doing later on. What is he referring to? Is he referring to the act of eating matzah together with the Karim Pesach that you're going to do later on? Or is he referring to the independent mitzah of eating matzah? Luchora one would say, the independent mitzah of eating matzah he already fulfilled. Later on, what's left from Tamim is the mitzvah of eating matzah together with the Koran Pesach, and that's the entire din of Korach. To eat the matzah together with the Koran Pesach, that is the mitzvah of Korach. So the mitzvah of matzah, the independent mitzvah of matzah, he already fulfilled totally. And later on, he'll be fulfilling the mitzvah of al-matzos umrom yochulhu, when he eats you know, the, 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 the Koran Pesach together with the matzah umaror. But if that's what Tosa is referring to, then it's not the bracha of Achilles Matzah which relates to a later act. The bracha of Achilles Matzah relates to the mitzvah of eating matzah. Since when will one make a bracha al Achilles Matzah on eating Korach? The bracha should be either a bracha only on the Korban Pesach, or perhaps of eating Korban Pesach, eating matzos umrorim, like mentioned in the Rambam. But there should be no independent bracha of Al-Achilas Matzah if the Maisa Mitzvah that one does is eating the Karim Pesach together with Matzah Sumrorim. So apparently, according to Tosos, it's not that one totally fulfilled the Mitzvah of Achilas Matzah when he ate the Matzah initially, and that bracha will relate to the Kiyum of, of eating Matzah together with the Karim Pesach, the second Mitzvah, no. According to Tosos, apparently, the, may, the, the fuller Kiyum of the independent mitzvah of eating matzah is when one integrates the eating of the matzah together with the eating of the matzah together with the Karim Pesach. In other words, a more complete and perfect cue of eating matzah, the mitzvah of matzah, be'erev tochu matzos, is when that eating of the matzah is integrated with al matzot umrom yochluhu. So when one made the bracha of achilas matzah at the beginning of his meal, it, that bracha relates to the kiyum of Achilas Matzah, of Be'erev Tochlu Matzos, that one will be makayim later on when one eats the matzah together with the Karban HaPesach. That's probably what we see from Tosos. But in any case, as far as we're concerned, it's another example 
of making a bracha initially, doing the act immediately, while the while the kiyum, the the the, the fulfillment the, of the mitzah will be later on, and the bracha therefore relate to that eventual kiyum hamitzah, which will be only later on. To sum up, what we've seen is three different examples of this idea of making a bracha initially, doing an act immediately, and that bracha relates to a more complete and perfect fulfillment of the mitzvah, which will happen only later on. Three examples were from Lela Seder, Well, one example was from, from Rosh Hashanah. The example of Rosh Hashanah is that one makes a bracha on shofar before Tkios Demiyushav, that bracha relates to the perfect and more complete fulfillment of the mitzvah, which is Tkia Seder HaBrachos, which only happens later on when one blows the shofar within the context of, of Tfilas Musa. The three examples of Lela Seder are A, the example of eating Mara for Karpas. One will make a bracha Alachilas Mara when one eats the Mara for Karpas, even though he will, at that point, he, will not fulf- he does not fulfill his mitzvah of Marar. He will only fulfill his mitzvah of Marar later on when he eats the Marar after the Matzah. That's when he has intention of eating the Marar. Nevertheless, the bracha that he made initially will relate to eating the Marar later on at the point that he fulfills his requirement, he, at the point that he's makayim his mitzvah. That was one example. The second example is when one makes achilas Matzah on the initial eating of the matzah, even though the more complete and perfect fulfillment of the matzah will be later on, when one eats the matzah for afikomen, according to Rashi and the Rashbam. And the third example was at the time of the Beis HaMikdash, when one made the bracha al achilas matzah at the beginning of the meal, even though, according to Hillel, the fuller, the fuller, uh, uh, the, the more complete fulfillment of the mitzah of matzah is when he eats the matzah later on within the context of al-matzah umrum yochluhu. The fuller, the more complete com- fulfillment of the mitzah of be'er of tochlu matzah is when the, the eating of the matzah is integrated with the kiyum of al-matzah umrum yochluhu. However, all the examples of tosos make sense, except for one example, except for the example that he began with. In all other cases, there is some, at least minimal, fulfillment of the mitzvah in the act that one does initially. When one blows the shofar, it wasn't a perfect fulfillment of shofar. In order to have a complete fulfillment of shofar, one has to do the tkiyah sirah brachos, but nevertheless, he was yotze his mitzvah. He blew shofar with the intention of being yotze the mitzvah. So the brach relates to a later event when we'll have his perfect fulfillment of the mitzvah, when he has the tkiyah al-sirah brachos. But nevertheless, the bracha relates not only to some kind of an empty maisa mitzvah where there's no fulfillment whatsoever, but there is a basic fulfillment of the mitzvah. And therefore, a bracha can be made before the tkiyos to According to Rashi and Rashbam, when one ate matzah initially, he had intention to be yotzi the mitzvah. It wasn't a case of mitzvah tzrichos kavana where he only did a mechanical act and, and he didn't fulfill the mitzvah at all. But he had intention of fulfilling the mitzvah. But the mitzvah will be fulfilled in a more perfect way when he eats the matzah ala sova, when he eats it for afikomen. And therefore, when he, did, when he made the bracha and he had his initial basic fulfillment of the mitzvah, at least in a minimal sense, Later on, that bracha will relate to the more complete and perfect fulfillment that he'll have later on. When one ate the matzah, according, according to Hillel, 
one ate the matzah at the beginning of the meal, and he made the bracha lachilas matzah, he fulfilled his mitzvah. Mitzvah strichas kavana, he had kavana. The more perfect fulfillment will be when he integrates the eating of the matzah together with with And therefore, there'll be a more perfect fulfillment later on. However, in all those three examples, the bracha makes sense because the bracha was made on an act that has a basic kyum, ha-mitzvah. It has some significance. On the other hand, in our case, since we're going according to the Manda Amr, according to the opinion that Mitzvah Tzrichos Kavana, what did he do? He did an empty mechanical act. It was a mechanical performance. He didn't intend on being Yotzeh Mitzvah. He intended on eating Karpas, not on eating Moror. And therefore, the bracha relates to nothing. How could one make a bracha on eating Karpas and have that bracha relate later on to eating of the Moror? According to Tulsus, we see, apparently, that we don't look at what he did as simply being an empty mechanical act. Even according to the opinion that mitzvot, tzrichos kavana, what he did has significance as being a maisa mitzvah. Even though he didn't have kavana, nevertheless what he did was a maisa achilas moror. And therefore it has halachic significance. However, the full kiyum will not be till later on. For example, Tosa says according to Manda Amar, mitzvot lo tzrichos kavana, if you would make the bracha later on, it would be a bracha levatala. Once you ate a kazaisa maror, when you eat maror later on, you did nothing. According to the manda'ama, mitzvah tzrichos kavana, even though there is significance to your act, you didn't fulfill the mitzvah, but there is significance to your act, therefore, therefore later, nevertheless, later on, since there was no kiyum ha-mitzvah, you didn't fulfill the mitzvah, you can eat maror later on, and if you would make the bracha later on, it wouldn't be a bracha levatala. Because later on, since the initial act was not an act of complete fulfillment of the mitzvah, you did, you did the maisa mitzvah, but you lack the fulfillment of the mitzvah. Therefore, when you eat the moral later on, it, ha- it, it has significance. It was not an empty act. According to Mandam, mitzvah slotzichas kavana, what you did later on is meaningless. I'll give you an example. Let's say one uh, on sukkahs, somebody would eat in a sukkah but have no intention of being mekayim in the midst of sukkah. So he wasn't mekayim; he didn't fulfill the midst of sukkah. But was he over the isra of eating outside of sukkah? Was he mavata liyasei? Did his act have no meaning whatsoever, even according to the mandava mitzvah kavara? Here we might say no. True, he did not fulfill the mitzvah, but nevertheless, the act that he did was an act of eating in a sukkah. And therefore, there was no bitla mitzvah either. What he did has significance as of a maisa mitzvah. He did a maisa mitzvah, and therefore the bracha can relate to the maisa mitzvah, which has significance. It's not an empty act without any meaning. I'll give you another example. Let's say somebody would eat a korban pesach with and have no intention of eating the korban pesach. So somebody that's in Yushalayim and doesn't eat a korban pesach, it's one of the few mitzvahs I say that yechayv kares. If you don't eat a Korban Pesach, you have Kares. What happens if one ate a Korban Pesach, but did not have Kavana to be Yotzeh the Mitzvah? So would he be Chayv the Kares? True, he wasn't Mekayim the Mitzvah of, of eating Korban Pesach. But he ate a Korban Pesach, he did the Maisa Mitzvah, would he be Chayv Kares? I would imagine one could claim that no, he wouldn't be Chayv Kares, because the Maisa Mitzvah he did, and that Maisa Mitzvah has significance. He didn't fulfill the Mitzvah, but nevertheless he did what a Baruch Hu demanded. There's a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, which also deals with the Sugya of Mitzvah Srichos Kavana. 
And there, the Gemara says, to explain the Mandat of Mitzvah's Lotzichos Kavana, the Gemara says as follows, Baruch Hu said, eat matzah, and you ate matzah, you did the act, it was, you did what the Torah demanded. You, you, you submitted yourself to the tzivoy of Hashem. So even though you didn't have intention, nevertheless you did what the Torah demanded. The Torah said, That's what you did. What I'm suggesting is that even according to the Manda Mitzvah's Kavana, nevertheless the statement is true. It's not that the Manda Mitzvah's Kavana, you've done nothing. It's an empty mechanical performance. But rather, the Torah said, eat matzah and you ate matzah. However, the Manda Mitzvah's Kavana, that's all. You've completed the Mitzvah, you've fulfilled the Mitzvah, you don't need anything else. According to Manda Mitzvah's Kavana, you did the act of the Mitzvah and that has significance. But nevertheless, you did not fulfill your requirement and therefore there would be meaning to going ahead and repeating the performance and eating the matzah again in order to, have, to, in order to, to fulfill the mitzvah of matzah. So according to what we're suggesting, Tosa says an unbelievable Kiddush that even the manda of a mitzvah, kavana, nevertheless, the maizah mitzvah, doing the maizah mitzvah without any kavana, has halachic significance. You've done what God demanded from you. You didn't fulfill your requirement because you didn't do it for the right intentions, but nevertheless you did that act that the Torah demands. And therefore the bracha can be made before that basic, very, very minimal level of, of doing the act of a mitzvah, of doing the maizah mitzvah. And the bracha relates to that maizah mitzvah. And there's significance to what you did. And therefore, since there's significance to what you did, and the bracha correlates to that ma'isah mitzvah, later on, so that's a din of overlas yasan, you made the bracha, you did the performance of the mitzvah, which has significance, and later on, when you will eat the marah with kavadah to the yosimus of marah, the bracha that you made now will relate to that later event. You have been listening to Arav Yair Khan, the show in Hilchot Brachot, and that's all for today. There'll be no Halakha Yomit today. We'll be back tomorrow with a regular program in Jewish philosophy and Halakha Yomit. This is Ezra Beck wishing you Kol Tov, Migush Etzion, Ki Mitzion, Tetzay Torah, Udvar Hashem, Yerushalayim.